The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, so I'll bring it in for another edition of Jonesy and Brown. My name is Brown, alongside my homie, my partner, Mike Jones. How are you feeling today, Mike? You, you really want to know? Yeah, 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 I want to know. You really want to know? I really want to know. We want to know how Mike, that's why I started. That's why less than 30 seconds into the show, we're going to, go, we're going to jump right into it. We didn't even introduce our right. guest. Well, at this point, Javon's not really a guest. He's fair. Right. <laughs> we could get straight into it. Yes. Now, uh, see, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I'm really mad. Now, I'm gonna be let's let's be honest. You are usually a pretty even killed guy. You know, mm-hmm. when when we do these shows. You know, you are someone who usually has, you know, the head. You know, you, you don't get wrapped up in emotions. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this this ain't that though. This, this ain't that at all. This ain't that. Okay, right. tell us why you. I right, see. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. My quarterback's mm-hmm. in his fifth Please. season. His fifth season. I don't know if he got a first down yet this year. Fifth season. Like, I, I don't know why we can't get first, like how we can't get a first down in the first half. Like, you got to wait till the third quarter to move the ball. You're starting every game in a hole down two touchdowns plus. Like, this doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me. Now, before I delve into the offensive deficiencies, I'm going to take a moment because I often bash Jim Schwartz with his system and scheme when they mess up. The defense actually showed up to play Monday night against Seattle. They were motivated early, a couple fourth down stops. You're giving your ball back to your team, trying to build some momentum. Yes, the, de- the defense played well. I mean, I mean, let's keep it real. I mean, we can start with the defense. You know, we've, we have criticized. We spend a lot of time criticizing Jim Schwartz and his defense, and rightfully so. They deserve every bit of criticism we get. But here you have a game where on the other side you have Russell Wilson, who is playing at an MVP-type level. You have DK Metcalf, who probably should be an Eagle, but he's not. And... He's, you know, he's playing at a high level, and you have a defense mm-hmm. where you know now. Now, granted, I'm I'm going to keep it real. I was ready to start. I, I was ready that first series, that first Seattle offensive series. I thought I was just going to spend the day just digging into the Eagles defense. I was ready, you know. I I I was primed to give. Jim Schwartz and Eagles all the smoke. But the defense help, you know, they they 
they righted the ship and they righted the ship early. You know, two really dumb penalties. Okay. Two really dumb penalties, but then they made that stand yeah. on the fourth down. On, on the fourth down, stopped them in their own, uh, stopped them deep in their own territory. Yeah, you had back-to-back -back personal fouls on that first drive, an unnecessary roughness, and a misconduct penalty. Both end up being half the distance to the goal line. But the defense, like you said, they stepped up. They made the stop. Derek Barnett, somebody needs to tell Derek Barnett it's fourth down every play. Fourth down plays, fourth quarter plays, when you need a big stop. This D-line, they have stepped up in pressure situations this season. Yes. You've seen big sacks and big pressures yes. in pressure moments when you need stops. You saw it in late in the Baltimore game, late in the Pittsburgh game, both those games where they're making runs to come back in the game. The defensive line seems to show up in pressure situations. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the rest of the team, but I'll give credit to the defensive line. And the defense overall played a solid game last night. Jim Schwartz actually seemed to come in with a good game plan. Mm -hmm. I saw some semblance of a willingness to adjust from Jim Schwartz. I saw some pressure coverage from, from the corners on receivers Mm -hmm. With single high safety, I saw a blitz every now and then on Monday night. So the defense, so which is what I was expecting to be mad about today, actually held up their end of the bargain. Okay. Now let's talk about the offense. Because you have a quarterback who's been struggling all year. I started my rant talk about me being mad, talking about this quarterback can't get a first down. But the running back, who you claimed was going to be your work horse at the start of the year, got what, six carries? Mm -hmm. is, is that the number? How do you get six carries? Please explain to me what you're doing that your number one running back in a game has six carries. I, I don't understand what's going on there. Six carries in a game where you were, you, you were never down you have more than two touchdowns. It was not like Seattle was blowing the Eagles out. Like, it's one thing you're getting blown out. You need to get big yards. It, you know, you, you need, you know, chunks of yards. That, I, I could understand if if it was 20 to 3, 20, you know, you, 20, you know if, if it's a big margin. Eagles lost by less than a touchdown. They were never down by more than, by more than 14 points. Mm -hmm. I have said this to I've said this to both of you guys that I look at this team and all I see from top to bottom is organizational failure. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's the quarterback. The quarterback comes out not making plays. The quarterback in, inability to make plays, basic plays. You know, you see him missing throws high, missing throws long. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he's been highly inaccurate this year. Highly His inaccurate. Seem to have been breaking down fairly consistently since he returned from the knee injury in 2017. Donovan McNabb thinks but, that he's highly inaccurate at this point. That's <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is for me. I, I there was a stat I saw today as I'm I'm going through numbers and looking at things. At this point in the season, Carson Wentz has the single worst regression in NFL history. Yep. More than a 25-point drop in his rating from, mm -hmm. from the previous years to this year. That is unacceptable. Yeah. 
And I doubt highly, unless you're going to tell me that concussion in the playoffs last year did some real damage to him and he has, he's still shell-shocked, I don't think you lose that much ability that quickly under 30, especially. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Frank Wright, Filippo, you go through all the names or you want to blame Press Taylor, blame Doug's play calling. I don't know what exactly the problem is. Yes. But somebody that, that's yes. needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Yes. Javon, you may remember when, when Frank Wright was here, the story was continuous about how they harped on Wentz about his mechanics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like we need to get back to that. Yep. But that, I mean, but that is just it. It's not just the quarterback's play. It's how this quarterback is being coached. It's the offensive line that they put in front of him. It's the weapons that he has. Mm-hmm. It's you know. It, it, oh, I ain't getting Howie Roseman yet. I got. Yeah. I, we gonna talk about yeah. Howie too. Yeah. So when you say when when you say like what like what's going on with this team, and you know you you threw out a whole bunch of suggestions. My answer to all of that, yes. It, it, right. There there isn't just one. It's it's all of the above. Everything that could go wrong since that Super Bowl season has gone wrong. It's the players they've drafted. It's the players they've signed. It's the players they've re-signed. All of this. Now, see, what- I'm glad you said that, JB, because I was thinking about something. Based on where the Eagles are right now, they're, they're, they're going to have some things to fix going forward. Now, yeah. see, the thing is, in the NFL, you see teams go from last to first place season to season all the time. Yes. If you have a talent deficiency, that's fixable. If you have some salary cap issues, that's fixable. Mm-hmm. If you have an older roster, that's fixable. Yep. But if you have all three, you're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at what the Eagles have done since the Super Bowl, and now I'm getting into Howie. Now mm-hmm. let's get into Howie, because what Howie did since the Super Bowl, you have a lot of high price guaranteed money and players over 30. It's one thing to have one or two guys, but the co- if you had Alshon's contract alone, Deshaun's contract alone, Jason Peters' contract the last three years alone, any of them individually, fine. You put them all together, you're looking at 30 plus million dollars of guaranteed money to players that can barely get on the field. And you you have to expect that in the NFL, you older players lose value. You don't give out thank you contracts. That's what mm-hmm. you don't do. And that's what Howie Roseman seems to have been doing since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He said thank you to Alshon, at the, not after the Super Bowl year, but the year after that, when the game ended on an Alshon drop. He had a solid season, but you could tell he was beginning to decline. So what you did was extend him and give him more guaranteed money. You drafted Lane Johnson during the Chip Kelly era. That was Chip Kelly's first draft. You drafted Lane Johnson to be the left tackle of the future. You saw the writing on the wall for Jason Peters six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Somehow there's been no execution of a plan to, re- to overhaul, retool the offensive line. At this point now, you're really thinking about replacing Lane Johnson. 
more than you're yeah. thinking about moving Lane Johnson to replace Jason Peters. You now have the left tackle to replace the left tackle of the future. You know, mm-hmm. at this point now, I am ready for Jordan Maialata to play the left tackle position, and when Andre Dillard comes back, see if he can play right tackle, or see if Jordan Maialata can play uh, can play right tackle, and you put Andre Dillard at left tackle, and you say goodbye to Jason Peters and Lane Johnson. You know, it, that, I mean, you talk. You, I mean, I'm, line is I'm not out to- on Lane yet. Mm-hmm. I think Lane still has some productive years left, mm-hmm. but like I said, you can't. If you have one or two guys that are getting older and possibly past their physical prime, you can work with that. You can't have this many guys on one side of the ball making big money over 30 and can't even get on the field. It's too mm-hmm. many of them. Mm-hmm. Like if I have an Alshon Jeffries contract or Deshaun Jackson's contract, fine. Both of them it doesn't work. Real, real. I mean, this is this is an honest question to the both of you. What, what is your favorite play from Deshaun Jackson since he's been back with the Eagles? Can you remember one? Yeah. Do you his I mean, first game against Washington? Yeah. <laughs> but that's just it. I mean, that's, we're talking almost what feels like two years ago. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. I, I like honestly, that's a good. That is a good answer because I didn't think of that. I couldn't think of that. I probably should have because there hadn't been that many. But you know what? I mean, that's the point. That's exactly the point. You're not getting anything from – you got nothing. Deshaun's done for the season. Alshon yeah. – Alshon had, what, one catch? One one or two catches uh, Monday night? Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, you're at, – at, at this point, I'm more excited. I'm still – Excited first about, catch on a second and long from Jalen Hurt. Exactly. I'm probably more excited about Travis Fulgham, uh, you know, than I am anybody else they got on the team. And you have the young kid like Travis Fulgham who's showing pro- promise, needs to be developed, and what do you do? You force Alshon Jeffrey back into that rotation, and Travis Fulgham has disappeared completely since. And then let's not even start talking about Howie Roseman and his draft history. JB, you know, I I say this all the time. When you pay your quarterback, things really get tough. Mm -hmm. When you pay your quarterback, that's when it shows how good your GM really is, trying to keep a talented team around him. And you have to hit on draft picks. You have to hit on draft picks. Look at how many Howie Roseman's draft picks over the last three, four years. The 2017 draft or 2016 draft, I don't know if any of them are still on the roster. Like, where is Donnell Pumphrey? You tried to sell me on Donnell Pumphrey. Where is he? Jamon, that was your boy, man. That was not that was not my guy. That was your man. No, it wasn't. Nowhere JJ no white side over DK Metcalf. I mean, Jalen Hurts in the second round. Like, what are we doing as an organization? Jalen Hurts, like, Jalen Hurts in the second round, and then I look at, you know, uh, and and I'm glad you 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 put out his name because Javon, you wrote a real good article on Total Sports Live this week, and I was checking that out today before we did the show. Jalen Hurts got in what, one play last night, basically after 
going the weekend and the story out coming out of the weekend was he was getting more first uh first team snaps. You know, he's getting more first team snaps. Now he gets one play. Like at, like like for real. Like what what is in your opinion, what is going on here and what should happen? And I'll pose that to you first, Javon. I mean, you looking just at this quarterback situation, you have almost you have, like you say, like I've been saying, organizational failure, you know, all throughout. You have the owner who feels one way saying, you know, if you invest capital in this player, then we need he needs to be on the field if the starter is struggling, which is perfectly acceptable at this point it's the truth yeah Mm -hmm. Wentz has 15 interceptions that leads the league he has more interceptions than Kirk Cousins (laughs) and Kirk Cousins interceptions most sacks yeah it's it's, highest highest percentage of inaccurate throws it's 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 ridiculous and it's something that like I said in um in the post you know it's something that shouldn't necessarily that wouldn't be tolerated anywhere else like we see um, for example, we see Mr. I know these are two bad examples, but Mr. Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins got benched for doing less. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they got benched for doing less earlier season. In fact, Dwayne Haskins got benched after throwing three for more than 300 yards against the Ravens <laughs> with no with no turnovers. But Wentz did have turnovers. Bears so, were undefeated when they went to uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, Bears so were look, undefeated. Look, so you see that, and then on top of that, you know, like we say, you know, there, there's issues on this team. Um, the regression, the mechanics, like you said, are just shot all the way. And you have a head coach that seems to be tied at the hip with the quarterback saying, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like us. And I, and I don't want to say this because it might not be true, but it's like, I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. And like, I don't want to sit him down, but it's like, come on. He, it's okay. Nobody's saying bench him for the rest of the season, but at the same point in time, it's okay to bench him for a game or two. Shoot. McNabb got benched in that Baltimore game a few years back for Kevin Cobb. But what happened? He, he took them back in the ball. He, 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 yeah, he, right. Yeah, he took them to the that was the year they went to the conference championship. That was their that was that was five in Big Red's last conference championship together. People forget right. that that happened in the same season. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do. You have to be realistic and pull your starter quarterback to the side and say, you know what? You're just not doing it. Like, you know, Mike mentioned, he's missing plays. He's under, he's under, he underthrew Dallas Goddard a couple of times where if he just puts the pass on the money, Goddard's going past Bobby Wagner like it's nothing. Or the play that Brian Baldinger pointed out on Twitter where Jalen Rager sees the coverage saying, yo, I got my hand up. I've got my hand up. I'm open. And, for, and then when you see the play develop, Fulgham and Rager are wide open on one side, and instead he forces wide open and he forces the ball on the other side and underthrows it instead of throwing it to the open space of grass. Mm -hmm. So when you have those type of things, it 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 galeans down to like you said, play calling is atrocious. There's no reason why Miles Sanders should only have six carries. It's an it's an abomination that Miles Sanders hasn't even had a 20 carry game this season for a guy Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be. You know, running back, yeah, your workhorse. This is the guy that you were touting as. This was going to be that guy. So when you have that, you you know, and, and and like people say, you know, the weapons you know aren't spectacular. Granted, I agree with you, but I see other quarterbacks in the NFL that have done that are doing more than less. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, even though he has Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, well now Brandon Cooks, but he doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have a run game, and he's still balling. Cam Newton, if I'm not mistaken, got benched this season. He came back and he's throwing the wide receiver's name, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. 
mm-hmm. and really no tight ends. And Wentz still has guys, you know, he has a Rager, he has a Fogel, you know, he mm-hmm. has Hightower, Watkins, you know, all young guys, but they got to get on the field and that, you know, goes from there to go to like, you still you got say, Goddard in there. right. You still got Goddard, you know, that goes down to, you know, like, like Mike point out, you know, salary cap issues for next season where this team, they're so over the cap. They're going to have to make super tough decisions to fix this thing, which is, and I've been thinking this for like the last four or five weeks since Zach Ertz be out since Zach Ertz hasn't been playing. You might as well trade him, trade him, get what you trade him, get what you can. You, I'm perfectly fine with Dallas Goddard being tight end number one and Richard Rogers tight end two. I mean, Richard Rogers has been more productive than Zach Ertz has been this entire season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, like you said, it's just an organizational struggle. But that you know. goes to another point when mm-hmm. I talk about Howie Roseman. Right. If you have Zach Ertz as your number one tight end, why invest such high draft capital in another tight end in Dallas Goddard? And I like Goddard. He's a good football player, but did you need to draft a tight end at that point? Or could your t- roster have used other talent and yeah. you just took a tight end? So Dallas didn't get him. Yeah. That, that, and that, and that's, and that's another great point. And that leads to talking about their second round pick this year and Jalen hurts. Jalen mm-hmm. hurts wasn't drafted to be just no clipboard holder. This team, somebody in that front office knew something. We have to be prepared just in case Wentz gets hurt again. Like, God forbid he gets hurt. We have somebody capable to step in. Jalen Hurts, you know, for all the disrespect and slander he gets from football Twitter for saying that he's a gadget and wildcat quarterback. It's not the case. If you know this, this it's just it's the case that the Eagles put him in right now, which is okay, yeah, we'll just have him run some RPOs and mm-hmm. just do X, Y, and Z. But we you you got if if Wentz comes out and throws two has two interceptions next week against Green Bay, which I expect them to lose. Obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to have a field day, and it's just going to be it's going to be ugly. <laughs> I don't I hate to say that, but it's going to be ugly. So if Wentz has another bad game, what's hesitating the Eagles from not starting Hurts or putting them in for the rest of that game, or even starting them next week against Arizona? What do you have to lose at your point? You're three and seven and one. You likely will not win the division. You don't want to win the division. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there is one thing that you could prove by putting Hurts in. You could prove that you overdrafted him, you don't know what you're doing, and how he needs to get fired. Right. You could prove that. Right. I'm not saying that Hurts is a bust, but I do I do believe he wasn't a second-round pick and definitely not a second-round pick for this team. Right. Hurts is going to need time, and he'll need quality coaching. Right, which is something that this team is lacking. Exactly. So putting Hurts on the field could really expose some more of this team's inadequacies if he goes out there and things get worse. Right. Which could lead to Doug being fired. (laughs) And how how he get fired or, you know, get a new offensive coordinator who Tory Smith referenced Deuce Staley as the guy that should be play calling. Let me, And that's a good question. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you like that idea? Do you like the thought of Deuce being actually calling the plays? Because I feel like if I I feel like if Deuce was the guy, if Deuce could have been the guy, there's no reason why he has not been made the guy at this point. There has like what is the reason why they have they have kept on overlooking him? Stubbornness. You know, they, like, do you, mm-hmm. Is is that really what it is? Is that what is like? Is this just an issue of stubbornness? Because I feel like and. I, and it's not like I'm disputing that because that very well could be the case. 
that you know that it could re- it really could be because I look at why haven't they why haven't they benched Carson Wentz yet? And you talked about how you know maybe Doug is afraid of uh, sending the wrong message, but I think back to benching first round pick Nelson Aguilar, saying giving him a, what was called a mental health day. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like why? It's like if there was ever a guy who needed a mental health day at this point, it's Carson Wentz. Yes. It's like why was it that you had no problem giving Nelson Aguilar a mental health day? You've been giving. You basically gave JJ Arthago Whiteside a mental health month. Hey, this the team. This the same team that just cut Will Park. So I mean, make it make sense at this point. Why are you cutting a hometown guy at this point? It's all downhill for me. They you... wanted to play here. <laughs> yeah, who wanted to be here? A guy from Philly. A guy from Philly. Don't, don't you know the home? First of all, it's like, look, if you're gonna bring in a hometown guy, you can't cut. You can't cut the. That's a, that's a curse in itself. <laughs> that's a curse in itself. You can't get rid of the hometown guy. It, that makes no sense. At what point do you, I mean, it's like we, we're sitting here and, and we have a lot of anger. There's a lot of emotion coming mm-hmm. from that Monday night loss. But at what, let me ask the both of you, did, were, was any of your anger like, dang, man, can't stand that Will Parks. He really blew it last night. Nah. You know, <laughs> darn, nah. darn, we would have we won that game if it wasn't for that darn Will Parks. Oh man, I can't wait for, for them to get rid My of him. My vitriol starts with Howie Roseman, yes, and rolls downhill from there. It starts at the top. It, you it know, starts at the top. It starts at the top. You know, we. It's like for all you know, for all the accolades that we threw on Howie Roseman when he worked his way out of the closet that Chip put him in. <laughs> from the moment they unlocked the door, said, "Come on out, Howie." My. The, the, you know, the, the the bad guy is gone. Chip is gone. <laughs> and at this point now, Doug is playing so – Doug is playing so – Doug has been so bad because Jonesy had banned the word Chip from the show. But we got to bring the word Chip back. Not yeah. because not, – not I actually because. said his name this show. Yeah. That's yes. the first time I've said that man's name in three-plus years. <laughs> yeah, you have – Exactly. Exactly. I can't I can't believe that here we are a couple years a couple years removed from a Super Bowl and Doug Peterson is working his hardest to put himself in rich co-type land. I mean he I mean he's not working that I mean he ain't working that hard. He's just constantly doing it. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just happening. with just with the just with the ignorance of not running the ball. And you know, granted, if you have like Andy, if you have a Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs offense where you can just pass the ball all day and throw the rock, you don't got to run. Like the run is a luxury, but for a team that's built off the run, that is still running this West Coast offense, which is pretty much an outdated offense at this point, mm-hmm. you need to run the football. It's not but again, they don't, anymore. and they don't, and they don't have. And this is another issue: they don't have, you know, new eyes coming in and out of that facility in terms of coaching. Mm-hmm. There's no new, you know, things coming in and out that on in and out in and out of that in and out of that building. Was it nice to see them use Jalen Rager in motion and getting some wide receiver screens going? Yeah, that was innovative. You know, for the first time, I was like, wow, 
they're actually getting innovative, even though that was like sarca- sarcastic, but <laughs> it was nice to see because we kept on seeing the same stuff. And that's the issue. You need something new head coach. You need something new at offensive coordinator. I mean, it, you got to You got to You got to tear it all the way. Got to tear it all the way down definitely, and, and rebuild it back definitely, up. Definitely. So, Javon, let me ask you a question. You, you, you mentioned the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. Think back to 2017, the Super Bowl year. That offense they were running with Carson, then with, with Nick Foles, it wasn't a true West Coast. Nope. What this team was successful doing, they had a power run game. Yep. They had play action. Mm-hmm. A lot of bootlegs and rollouts for the quarterback. Yep. Give them simplified reads. Mm-hmm. And it worked since he's returned. And I I get it. The first year back, you might not want to run him as much. But you kept trying to run the Nick Foles offense. The starting the shotgun, the RPOs and things like that. Those were not things Carson Wentz was doing prior to the injury. Mm -hmm. And the next season coming back, I'm coming back to Frank Reich again because in 2017, he was the architect of the offense who designed what Carson was running, and then he was able to adapt to what Nick Foles was running. Mm-hmm. The next year, you never saw them go back to the stuff that Carson was having success running. Right. To this day, they haven't gone back to that type of offense. Right. I do not get it. That seems like some true malpractice to me. Well. Hundred percent. I think you're right. It's hundred percent malpractice, and it starts like you just mentioned. It starts with the running game. It starts with actually committing to the run because those things, those big passing plays, can't open up if you're not running the ball. Like when I don't remember the last time in that game, or remember a time in that game where they actually ran the ball from under center. Everything was out of the shotgun, and it even wasn't a run. It was a throw. It was a checkdown, and it, it it it. And it's not like you don't have running backs. No, you don't have the greatest stable of running backs, but you have I've guys. Seen, I've, I've seen. I've, right. I've seen teams this season make it work. I've seen the the, the, the Chargers make it work with Eckler, uh, Troy Main Pope, Joshua Kelly, Kalen Balaj. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, like look at the Giants. Wayne Gallman has not missed a beat, <laughs> and it's just just doing the simple things, and that's what this and that's the difference in what you see teams that are in the playoffs and contending or ones that aren't are just doing the simple things that make a difference to win. Like if the offense could have played with at least half the energy, the defense did and just a little bit of the execution would have been a whole different game. It's like, but how deflating must that be? First, Eagles first possession to call three and out quick three and out quick three and out defense. Like I said, started a little shaky, got those two penalties. But then they were able to they were able to stand firm and keep them out the end zone. What does the offense do? Three and out. Quick three and out. It's like uh, and, and the the frustration. I mean, look, I mean, look at that first that first possession. That very first possession. They draw them off sides on the very first play. First play is first and five. Mm-hmm. Do they ever? Give Miles Sanders the ball on that first possession. No, See, I'm quick glad quick. you said that, JB. You have a first down and five. You go three and out. 
your quarterback's 0 for 3 throwing the ball. How does that make sense? First down and five, you have a running back who's averaging close to five yards in carry, and you don't give him a shot to get those five yards? You should be running first down. You should be running second down. Mm-hmm. And possibly third down, too, in a situation like that. Yep. There is no reason for Carson Wentz to drop back and throw the ball three times on that series. I feel like they it's they they almost have a, a, a basketball a basketball coach's mentality. You know, you got a shooter who's struggling. What do you tell him? Keep shooting. Shoot him up, shoot out, shoot, shooting. Shoot your you know, shoot I tell him to go to the rim and get a layup. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him to step in and make the easy shot. That's what I tell him. But that I don't do the Dan Tony thing and say keep jacking threes. That's why Dan Tony's teams lose. But the but the point the point is it's like Carson is struggling throwing the ball, and it feels like Doug Doug's answer is well maybe Carson needs to throw more passes and he'll feel more comfortable. You know, he'll, they he'll all, throw they himself all. out of this slump. How about we get him some easy plays? Some couple handoffs, right. couple, couple slants, couple quick outs. Look, you things like on, how do you just sim, just simplify the offense like the Browns do? Kevin Stefanski has turned has turned Baker Mayfield into a game manager. Like mm-hmm. that's all you need him to do. It's just literally in Cleveland. It's just run the ball. Run the ball, run the ball, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, run the ball. Mm-hmm. Baker, just make a couple of throws here and there. That's all we need, just on turn. 20 throws a game. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Cool. That's what Baker Mayfield is doing, 20 pass attempts a game. Cool. Carson Wentz yeah. is throwing 45 times. To only, like, 15 runs. <laughs> yeah. Like, how that. Does that it's one, if you run 70 plays in a game mm-hmm. and you throw 45 times, okay. You're a little off balance, but you ran 70 plays. If you run 50 plays and 45 of them are runs, that's no good. Like, what mm-hmm. are we doing? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. And it's like Corey Clement and Boston Scott are capable, adequate backup running backs. I don't mind. You know, it's like I don't mind mm-hmm. the – I hate to see Corey Clement and Boston Scott as the starting running backs because when when Sanders was hurt. But as your change of pace, backup running backs, a healthy dose of Sanders, Clement, and Scott is is good. You have mm-hmm. your speed guys, and you have you have players capable enough to run the ball the way Jonesy you've always talked about. Somebody could just run through the tackles and just be that bruiser. Mm-hmm. The three of them together make up a, a a combination that can do that. And you're telling me to start the game. Here is the problem. You want the, the best defense against a Russell Wilson and a DK Metcalf is to keep them off the field. Mm-hmm. Slow the game, like shorten the game, run the ball, you, work the clock. You have capable score down. You had the ball. You had the ball on the five. You had the ball on the five, and you have a capable running back. The Seahawks shouldn't have saw the ball again until the second quarter. Yep. Seahawks shouldn't have saw the ball. You, you know, and that comes that comes that comes down to play calling. Mm -hmm. 
that comes mm-hmm. down to play calling. And I, I forgot who pointed out or who said it. This team doesn't build their plays. They don't keep on mm-hmm. building to the next play, building to the next play, and then building to the bigger play. It's more mm-hmm. so let's just pick. This is like you're playing Madden. Let's just pick whichever play works. Yeah. If it works, sure. If it yeah. if it doesn't work, all right, we'll flip to the next one. Flip to the next one. And that comes down to play calling. That comes down to Doug Peterson. It comes down to Press Taylor. It mm-hmm. comes down to Rich Scangrello, who I don't even know why they brought him in because the Broncos quarterbacks haven't been that great either. So, I mean, Doug, come on. Doug, like, that's, that's what I'm all for. Dude, I get the job. Chance to hear Doug Peterson's Tuesday press conference this week. Not yet. The day after the game press no, conference. No, I did not. All I know is Doug Peterson coaches the game sometimes like my son plays Madden. Right. If it doesn't well, come up on the very first page, the plays that come up on the very first page, that's what we run it with. No, no up right. and down, no changing format. Hey, first well, play. Hey, well, if four dur- verticals comes up, we're going four verticals. During that press conference, Doug was asked if he would ever consider giving up the play calling duties. His response was that if he got, felt like he was getting in a rut, it's something he would consider. But AKA, at this point, AKA. he does not feel like he's in a rut. And he takes pride in his play calling. He so sounds like Matt Nagy. feels like he's doing a good job calling the plays. Like, who's watching the tape and telling this man he's doing a good job calling plays? All the like, people he hired? Yeah. All the people Basically. he hired? You Basically. look at you at at this point now, probably the only coach who's not close to a yes man is Jim Schwartz. And he knows there might not be a lot of there might not be a lot of desire for him once he leaves the Eagles. He's not getting- he also got hired before the head coach. So he probably doesn't really feel like he answers to the head coach. I believe exactly. that. Exactly. I believe that. Exactly. I believe that. But at the point, look at the clock. Let's take a quick break and we can get back to this conversation going. Okay, come on, let's 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 do that. We'll be right back right here on Jonesy and Brown. Javon offers from Total Sports Live and DK Nation is here with us this week. So we got we got it's crazy and we will be right back, but all I know is Jonesy didn't want to talk Eagles last week because they were so bad. And all they did was get worse. All they did was get worse. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the break right here on Jonesy. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up Philly. Help stop the spread. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com.
The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brian. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brian. We are back on Jonesy and Brown. My name is Brown. That's Mike Jones. Also in with us today from DK Nation and TotalSportsLive.com, Javon Alford. A lot of lot of anger, a lot of frustration for our hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of frustration because, quite frankly, they're bad. They haven't been this bad in a long time. But, you know, when it rains, it pours. And yesterday was a monsoon. Yesterday, you know, Monday night was a straight-up monsoon. This team is terrible. Everything about this team pisses me off. And it's just a lot of vitriol. A lot of, you know, a lot of anger. A lot of anger. Jonesy, I want you know, let's jump right back into it. What you got, man? Ah, Like seriously, at this point, I'm looking at the with the Eagles situation. Yes. And as much as I hate to say it, mm-hmm. that two and a half years removed from a Super Bowl, you have a team that needs a total rebuild. Yes. But that's the situation the Eagles find themselves in right mm-hmm. now. They really look like a team that needs to blow everything up and start from scratch. Starting at the front office with whoever's making personnel decisions. Like, at this point, I would be comfortable bringing back Joe Banner. That's how I feel right now. You know what? Because at least Joe Banner knew it was better to get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, I would and I would also support Joe Banner. That was consistently good with that model. I would support Joe Banner because that would mean he's working on the team and not arguing with me on Twitter about <laughs> random topics. And so if 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 giving Joe Banner a job gets him off Twitter and out of my hair where I have to argue with him because he just sucks me into these things, I support that. I support that. But I feel like honestly, in I'm not I'm not debating you. I, I'm not arguing with you. But I feel like that has always been the mentality with this city and this fan base, that when it's not working, it's time to blow it up. But honestly, you're, you're right. You know, yeah. it's like, like, you know, it, 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 you know it, it worked for the Flyers. To an extent, it worked for the Sixers. You know, it, jury's still out if it's working for the Phillies, but look we halfway through this show we 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 can't even start on the Phillies right now but but nonetheless it's like okay they don't have a position they don't have an area on this team right now where you're saying you know what that's what we can build on quarterback quarterback is a question mark at this point, mm-hmm. at this point, running back is a question mark just because they don't give the running back the ball enough. So it's like you can't. It's not that. It's not that Miles Sanders might not be the guy, mm-hmm. but you don't know because he doesn't see the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Your O line is aging and breaking down. O line is aging and, they, and breaking and they, down, and they won't and they won't give the young guy the chance to play. Mm-hmm. That Scott, that Stoutland's coaching up to a tremendous degree, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, like you said, we'll still roll out Jason Peters, who's still still in money. You know, at thirty eight years old. <laughs> Can I ask another question on mm-hmm. the other side of the ball? Yep. It's looking at team building and some of the redundancies, like multiple tight high end tight ends, you don't need. Mm-hmm. Two high early draft pick quarterbacks you don't need. But have you ever seen a team invest this much money in interior defensive linemen? Between Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargraves, how much money are you spending on defensive tackle? A lot. A lot. Why? Thank thank goodness they're getting production out the edge rushers at this point. And they're getting production out the edge rushers. And at this point, I'm 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 ready to see what I'm ready to see what Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett can do on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, 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 Brandon Graham will go down as one of my favorite Eagles. Definitely, yeah. definitely of the last ten years. Absolutely. Like his, per, like his play, like his personality, might be Tom. You know, yeah. might be Tom Fletcher Cox. When, you know, we'll, you know, we'll we will be having the show about where you rank Fletcher Cox all time. Just like you know, same same with Brandon Graham as far as all time Eagles. We'll say all time Eagles. We'll have the, the Fletcher Cox Brandon Graham conversation as where they you know where they yeah. land in all time Eagles defensive players as far as our all time Eagles. Um, they they are great Eagles. Great yeah, Eagles. But- might be Tom. Hey, bro. And I and I think that's where the Hargrave signing comes in. Not for this immediate year, but I think Malik Jackson comes off the books this year. Thank goodness because he's just a walking penalty at this point mm-hmm. uh, with just his with just his plays. And then, like you said, Fletcher Cox, he's kind of you know sad to say he's just still guy. good, but not great. Yeah, he's not dominant. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's been years. Yeah. You but I'm just looking at all the money you have tied up in that position. It's a lot. And no linebackers, minimal edge rush. Like, w- w- who's deciding where our assets are being concentrated? Mm-hmm. It seems like we're being redundant at some positions and completely ignoring others. Yeah. That doesn't seem, that is not an effective way to build a team. It doesn't. And 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 I'm and I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers because that's the, that's that's a big that's a that's a big issue that they continue to neglect, which has been an issue for ten plus years, whatever, whatever. But you know they don't they don't address linebacker like they should. You were They're, you were close. It was like they were close when it was they were close to a decent linebacker with Jordan Hicks, but understandably he couldn't stay on the field. You now he's staying on the field in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah he, he can't get him off the field in Arizona. But now, but and you but, probably could have signed him with Malik Jackson's money. Yes. So, or mm-hmm. even a guy like Michael Kendricks when he was here made plays for us mm-hmm. before insider trading. Well, before that, <laughs> yeah. I had to hit him with that. Just, just, you have to have some sort of actual talent. Yes, you don't. I'm not saying you have to have a top ten draft pick at linebacker, but you can't roll out three fifth round picks either and expect them to be effective. Mm-hmm. Shout out, to, shout out to Alex Singleton, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but that's, but that's just but that's the player should not be your best linebacker. I would love, Correct. I would love Correct. a situation Correct. where Alex Singleton. And TJ Edwards are flanking a really good middle linebacker. 
Yeah. Like I, you know, yep. those is like those two surrounding a stud, a stud linebacker would be a good core. It's like that's how close they are. That's how close they are. I don't want to see Singleton, Edwards, and Nate Gary. You know, as, as on the field. If, I don't. Yeah. See, I don't want to see Nate Gary at all. If you give me Singleton and Edwards with Jordan Hicks in the middle. I'm You're okay fine. with it. You're fine. At this point, give me Singleton and Edwards with Nigel Bradham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Nigel well, Bradham. Why couldn't we have brought Nigel Bradham back? Nig- he was on the streets for how long this year? Nigel Bradham he's still just on got, the streets. He's still <laughs> on the streets. Nigel Bradham is out here doing podcasts just like us because he ain't got nothing else to do either. Or, Man, or, or, or here's another thing. Or why didn't they bring back Kamu Grugier Hill? Yeah, another one they could have brought back. For a cheap one-year deal. Exactly. I don't get oh. that. And th- and th- now let's talk about the secondary because mm-hmm. Darius Slay is having a good year. He, he had some problems yeah. with DK the other on Monday night. Yeah, but, but everybody but, has yeah. problems with DK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So overall, though, I'd say Slay is having a good year. But you don't have to go out and put the investment into Slay that you did if. Sydney Somebody Jones can so- figure out how to use Sydney Jones because mm-hmm. Jacksonville seems to have figured out how to use him. Hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> if somebody can figure out how to use Rasul Douglas, because Carolina seems to have figured out how to use Rasul Douglas. Yep, these aren't got like in our in Jim Schwartz system. These guys look like busts, but you put them somewhere else in a real system that adjusts to the strengths of the players. And these are Sydney Jones was the best set player in Jacksonville secondary this year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. These are all things that bring me back to organizational failure. Yes. Yes. So they're a step behind. They're a step behind a lot of teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and that's, like you said, organizational failure. That's the step behind. And you see it on offense, you see it on defense. And you can look just across, you know, our various sports teams in the city. You know, you see the Flyers, they made a complete change. Got rid of the coach, got rid of the GM, said, we're changing the way we play hockey. We're playing the way that everybody else is playing. Mm-hmm. It's gotten results. Sixers completely flipped the script this offseason. Get rid of the, you know, bring in Daryl Morey, who knows the game, how well he played in 2020, not 2015, but 2020. Mm-hmm. You got uh-huh. the head coach now, and you put the players and pieces around it, and now you hope to see the benefits. And that's the same thing for this Eagles team. You have the players at certain positions. You got the speed at wide receiver. Now, bring an offensive coordinator that knows how to utilize speed and get guys in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you get a whole d- new defensive coordinator. Get, like, get, get rid of them. You just yeah. mentioned the receivers. They don't have to be the best route runners if no. you scheme them into space. There you go. <laughs> and that's something that this team doesn't do, like you mentioned earlier. They don't do the drags, the quick slants, things mm-hmm. that a Rager – a Watkins, a High Tower, even a Fogum can can do. We saw Travis yeah. Fogum in the in the game against the Niners beat somebody one on one. You can do it if you yeah. scheme it. Instead, we're putting Wentz in five and seven step drops and telling these young, un, unexperienced receivers go win that matchup against that vet corner. It ain't gonna work. No, no, it's not, not gonna, gonna work out. It's ever. not gonna work. And I feel like Doug Doug is convinced that the problem. It's like he feels like the problem is execution. Like his scheme works, and I feel like his proof, his you know, his reasoning is, hey, 
this scheme this scheme won us a Super Bowl. Maybe not necessarily because you said because you know you had Reich and D. Filippo. But nonetheless, Doug is on Doug is operating like, hey, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with my scheme. You'll figure out like eventually my scheme will prevail. And it's not working. You know, so my question is, at this point now, you know, we're talking about, hey, maybe there not even maybe. There needs to be a change. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a change. So my question to you as we pivot is, if, like, who would stay? At this point now, if, if, if would you be comfortable if Howie was gone, Doug was gone, but Carson stayed? Or is I'm it- Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman's gone. Mm-hmm. gone. You start there. Mm-hmm. I start there. Now, the whoever I bring in, unless I'm hiring a head coach slash GM like Belichick, mm-hmm. who I doubt is going to be available, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm looking to do is bring in a GM, and and I'm and I'm going to step back, step out of his way, and let him be a football guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a let I'm empower my GM to uh, to make his own evaluations of the head coach the quarterback, the assistant coaching staff, all of it. But what I don't want is someone who is simply a yes man, and I don't mm-hmm. want someone who has no history, no track record in evaluating talent. Yep. Like, I don't want another contract guy. Oh, he's good with the numbers. I need a guy who knows football players when he sees them. Yes. You, you give me that in the front office, I'll give Doug another year. Mm-hmm. I'll give Carson another year. But first things first, I want to see a new GM mm-hmm. and I want to see a and then secondly, I want to see a real offensive coordinator. Yes. Could that, that real, could, that, start. could that real offensive coordinator be Deuce Staley? I think theoretically it could, but, it but I here. don't know how well it works given that he and Doug already have an established relationship, mm-hmm. rhythm, or dynamic. You might need to bring in a new person who changes the dynamic in the room. Deuce, I think, could be a, a successful offensive coordinator, but likely somewhere else. If he'd have got that job as soon as Frank Wright left, that's one thing. But now they're kind of settled in the roles and I don't know that they would be the easiest transition to say, yeah, Deuce, you're the offensive co- coordinator now, but the hierarchy, the structure is still the same. Right. And Doug Peterson is still looking over your shoulder, uh huh, making sure, like, oh, I don't think you're doing it right. I don't think you're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, agree. Exactly. I, I guess, so, and, and also, you know, we talked about, we, we, we talked about the level of stubbornness. And I remember there, I can't, there was a quote now at this point, I can't remember who actually said it, but it was, they were talking about being, being, when when a team hires your assistant as their full-time replacement and what that says, like basically as a coach, you hate to see your assistant be hired full-time because that mm-hmm. says, because that says that the answer was there all along. So you sit, you know, at this point now, we're looking at this offense flailing. We know that this offense has flailed and has has 
progressively regressed since Frank Wright and DiFilippo walked out the door. Mm-hmm. You go to Deuce now, and this Deuce, you go to Deuce now, and this offense wakes up, and then you're sitting there. Why was this guy only the running backs coach for the last three years? If this was the answer, if this guy could do it, why did we go through 2020 watching this anemic offense? If this was the guy, you know, why did we watch? Why did we watch Miles Sanders only get six, you know, six carries a game in that Monday night game against uh, Seattle? You know, to to me, I feel like, you know, maybe do should maybe do should have had a shot. But it might be yeah. too. We, we're at the point where it's, it's, it's probably too late now. Yeah, it, it, it's probably too late. You know, you, you just you, you got to move on. You know, cut cut your losses. <sighs> to me, I feel like I I don't as much as you know. We talk about maybe making that change at quarterback, but quite frankly, I don't know if I want Doug touching uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I don't like, like, yeah, <laughs> with the coaching that Carson Wentz is getting right now, mm-hmm. yeah, I, like I said, I want, and I don't, and I don't want to put it on Doug like he can't coach a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Doug is a long-term NFL quarterback. I'm sure he knows how to play the position, but what it doesn't seem like Doug is good at is a thinking on the fly and adjusting, mm-hmm. and b multitasking or having his attention in multiple places. Yep. So I would prefer to have an offensive coordinator who can do that and let Doug either, if he wants to call the plays at that point, focus on the one thing, the, the overall health of the team and let your position guys and your offensive guys and your defensive guys do their job. But Doug trying to be the offensive coordinator and the head coach for the entire team doesn't work. No. Doesn't work for me. Like you watch a lot of NFL games, you see a quarterback make a bad throw or something like that, mm-hmm. and then when the defense is on the field, they'll show the side, shot on the sideline. Head coach and quarterback sitting right next to each other, looking at pictures, mm-hmm. going over things. You never even see Doug and Carson talking to each other during games. No, Doug's attention is in too many different places, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't seem to excel in that. Mm-mm. And I feel like maybe that's part of coming up under Andy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's part of. The, but the realization that that wasn't all. You know, that wasn't always who Andy was. Mm-mm. You know, he. You know, and, like a lot of people, a lot, the draw towards Doug initially was that he was an Andy guy. Because this, because t- this team, this organization, this fan base, we loved Andy. We were ready for him to go. When it was when it was the end, it was the end. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we we love and we cherish Andy. So we have an opportunity after the chip debacle to go back to an Andy guy who's not quite Andy. You know, it's like here's mm-hmm. somebody who learned from the guy that we love, who will hopefully be slightly different. You know, and do things slightly different than you know than him. And initially, hey, look, that seemed to be a stroke of genius because what within two years, two, two years, years <laughs> we won the Super Bowl in the second year. Second First year. year was rookie quarterback. Second year Super Bowl. 
So it's like, so at this point, you know, you you you, you know, you you understand that. But it was like, okay. Also, I feel like they 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 kind of smelled themselves a little bit too much mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know you surround you know you 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 brought in vet you you brought in veterans and you brought in the right combination of veterans. You had some young, you know, you had some young players, but you you brought in some veterans also on, you know, w- whether it was on the field and on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Wright, D. Filippo, you know, you you had those guys, but when they mm-hmm. went, when they went, you know, you felt, you know, you started looking at Doug, who at this point now is now in his third season, but you're treating him and you're giving him the leeway you were giving Andy in week in, in year ten, year eleven. <laughs> Year twelve, and it's like despite the fact that he won a Super Bowl, this is still year three. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you're talking about, are you're looking at Doug on the sidelines, maybe being overwhelmed, maybe with his hands in too much stuff, and it's like, okay, it's time to rein this all in, and then that, and maybe that starts from, you know, it's like. Maybe that starts with the new GM because you have a GM who, once again, just happy to be out the closet, you know, happy to be out there. I just happy to be out that supply closet that Chip put him in. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Yeah, so, there you go. I, 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 I apologize. That might have been a poor, uh, uh, that might have been a bad analogy. But nonetheless, you, Howie seems, Howie seems to not be built to make that call to say, hey, bro, you got too much going on. You know, we need we need that voice on the sideline. We need an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Someone who who someone who will let you be head coach, but will also say, hey, bruh, that might not be a good idea. But the problem half of that is if Howie looks at the head coach and says, do better, what's to stop the head coach from looking right back at the gym and saying, give me some real players? Yeah. First of all. Almost made me spit out my drink on my microphone, man. It's an expensive mi- microphone, man. I can't be I'm spilling. being real right now. Like, no, I mean, you're, once again, I'm not, not arguing. It's it's like it's like the spot. It's like the Spider Man meme. They're both looking at each other, pointing at each other. Like it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's your fault, yeah. but it's your it, fault. Like Doug was actually asked that this week in the in the day after pro- press conference about mm-hmm. some of their conversations about personnel and how much responsibility Howie takes for that. He didn't addressed the question where he seemed like, oh, how he's done a great job or anything. He was just like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that today. This isn't the time and place. <laughs> but the tone of voice and the way he responded gave you the feeling like Doug knows he's out there with inferior personnel. Mm-hmm. I think so, I, I think now, now that you're, we're, you know, looking at where this team is now, mm-hmm. looking up at the standings, Looking at the schedule, I mean, because we've now gotten out of that, we, we've now finally gotten gotten away from that. Yeah, but they're still in first place. Talk, you know, who was still, but, who was, who, who was still there? Uh, well, at this point, but I mean, uh, we were in first place last week, and I was checked out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but 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 nonetheless, I, I think there there were still uh, look that bandwagon got smaller and smaller. <laughs> As the weeks progressed, but there were still some, 
Yeah, but we're still in first place. <laughs> hey, B, I we, think you we, remember it was like week four or five. I came on with my all black Eagles gears, yes. funeralizing yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like week four or five. You you can look at this team and tell they're not going anywhere. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I guess the the point is now you're you're looking at this. You, you look at the standings. Mm-hmm. You you now know that this is going to be a losing season. We knew that before, but I'm still saying it's now. It's it's now a guarantee. We knew they weren't running the table, but no. nonetheless, you're starting to see comments that seem to be a little bit, uh, you know, some you see some butt covering now. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you, you're starting to see. People starting to you know, making comments to kind of protect themselves. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I'm not gonna go down with this shit. This ship is going. This it ship is going down. Fault. Exactly, exactly. Because at this point now, and, and, and Javon, you, you know, we've done podcasts for a long time. They just, you're, they're getting ready to play that Craig Mack tape for somebody. Somebody's about to get brought in and say, or multiple hey, people. Yeah, oh yeah, multiple people going to get that Craig Mack tape. You won't be won't around be next around year. Next year, you know. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, if it ha- you know, it. They keep moving like this. Somebody's going to get that KRS-One tape. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? You know, that's, that's, that's what mm-hmm. that's what this is going to. But it's, it's going to be well, it's going to be well deserved. Yeah, you earned it. It's going to be deserved. You earned it. You're going to hear the whole song. All right. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you earned this. You earned it, and it, it 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 it's like you said. You need to complete reset and bring in new voices, new talent, new people that know the game of football in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and 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 go from and you just go from there, and it's, that's how you approach it. Honestly, it, it, and it's like, like I've, I I, you know, I spent a lot of time. I, I lived in Baltimore, so I t- I still talk to a lot of people in Baltimore, and they're asking me, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Especially after that that uh, Eagles Baltimore game. And they're like, what's what what is going on? What what is happening? And I'm like, this is <laughs> and I, but, that game. <laughs> but it's like I, I guess I, I talk about like this is what I compare it to. I I lived in Baltimore when they won their first when they when they won their first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you think you know, we we're talking about the draft picks mm-hmm. that the Eagles have had since their Super Bowl. The drafts that they've had since the Super Bowl. And it's like, I look at Ozzie Newsom. Ravens won the Super Bowl, then drafted Todd Heath, then drafted Ed Reed, then drafted Terrell Suggs. Yeah. So you know, so it's like you're you're sitting there looking at the years, you know, the the years in between their Super Bowls. But and that's saw, a fo- and that's a and also that's a football guy yes. in charge that knows yes. what he sees on the field. Yes. Ozzie yes. Newsom knew what he was doing. Yes, exactly, exactly. But then you look at the Eagles, Eagles draft, and I feel like it's different. Like the NFL draft is different from the NBA draft. Yes. Whereas if if you're in the NBA draft and you don't get a lottery pick, it's anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you know, at this point now, if you're not a lot, if you're not a lottery pick, you're a candidate for a two way contract. You know, you might not, you're not, you're not guaranteed. But but it's mm-hmm. like you can get out of the top 10 out of the top 15 almost anywhere you know you can find you can find talent in all up and down the first round all up in the, we just got burnt by dk metcalf who's the second round the very last pick of the, 
we sat there and watched a football game on Monday night where they told us that the very last pick of the second round could be the next Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. They and made that comparison you, I mean, a lot of times. I mean, you got Terry McLaurin in your same division. He went in the third round. You got mm-hmm. Darius. You got Darius Slayton, who's also in your division. He went in the fifth round. So I mean, exactly. The NFL draft, you can get talent all up and down the board if you know how to identify mm-hmm. said talent. And I think that, and I, and I, and when you say that, I think about this wide receiver class in general because there's so much talent spread mm-hmm. all through. Mm-hmm. So, and and the Eagles picked all in. But going back to your point, it you know. When you got somebody that's like you said, that could be the next Calvin Johnson who had a bad three cone that can't deter you from saying, Oh, yeah, let's take the guy from Stanford that was playing jump ball with a not so good quarterback in the mm-hmm. Pac 12, where you know, yeah, they play okay defense, not the guy that plays in the SEC where you see an NFL cornerback on a day to day basis. <laughs> but the thing is, come out the t- Pac 12. He played for the only team that actually plays defense in the Pac-12. This is true, too. <laughs> so he didn't see any defense. No. <laughs> like, Stanford's the only physical team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. played for them. And he like, – look, let's... all right. I know you like these – I know they like these t- tall receivers and all that, jump ball, like – Josh Huff, he's got a high, he's got a huge vertical. What, oh what does that even mean oh for with you? Yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh Huff, got, yeah, Josh Huff loved to get high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, that was, getting high was the only thing Josh Huff did. <laughs> but like seriously, we need to like guys who actually like when you watch the tape, they played good football, right? Now, like Jalen Rager, for example, I'm not saying he's a bad football player. At this point, we don't know. He has potential. He has some physical ability. Mm-hmm. But as much as anything, he was a punt returner at TCU. Mm-hmm. He First thing you hear when you look about it, his scouting report out of college, fast, has a problem with drops. They try to, and they try to excuse it. Uh, well, he's had three different quarterbacks in his years here and – but you're not a crisp route runner. You drop the ball, things like, or you see a guy out of the out of LSU in the SEC who, on tape, does everything well. But he ran a slower forty at his pro day, not the combine. I said okay. that specifically at his pro day. He ran a slower forty than than Rager, because at the combine Rager ran four or five something. But his pro day, he was in the four threes. And apparently that was good enough to get him into the first round over Jefferson, who ran a four four three, I think it was. Or how or how about the Niners with Brandon Ayuk and how they use him? <laughs> I mean <laughs> you just, Javon, and those two guys were I thought were perfect. Fit. You just Jefferson all about Ayuk, I thought were much better fits than what Jalen Rager could do for this offense. Not saying that Rager's bad, but just looking at how they do and how they play and Mm-hmm. How, and how they were being used and what they can do yards after the catch, just get the ball in the guy's hands, let them go to work. And it knowing yeah. what kind of skill set fits yes. what you want to do. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. Like, like, and that is a serious deficiency this team has, which brings me back to like when we were talking about the running backs earlier. You saw how well your offense functioned when you had power hammer backs. Yep. You haven't brought one in since a Jaya and Blunt left. Mm-hmm. And you let Jordan Howard go for whatever reason, and now you say, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, let's bring him back." 
But you shouldn't have let him go in the first place when he was what averaging four or five yards to carry last season. Literally, he just falls forward and he gets five yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't want. They, they don't want that. They don't want that. That's why you know. That's why Miles Sanders is getting six six carries a game. That's and, why. And there are moments where I think I feel like Doug is trying to protect Miles Sanders because he may be a little injury prone. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case. That's more reason to have a hammer back in the room with him. Yes, yes. So you don't have to make Miles your workhorse. Mm-hmm. You know, make mm-hmm. Miles your change of pace back, your third yep. down back. He can do those things very well. Mm-hmm. And first and second down, give me somebody two hundred thirty plus pounds who's going to go straight up the middle, push the pile, and get me at least four or five yards. Yep. That's all I want. Actually, I'm happy if you get me three to four yards on first down. It's simple. <laughs> You get me that right up the gut. Get me three, four yards, second and six. We're good. It's like you come again on second down. Get me another three, four yards. We're at third and three, third and four, third. And now two. we can do whatever. Now we can do whatever we want. Now Doug thinks he and can do exactly Doug, what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl year. Doug mm-hmm. thinks he can do whatever he wants on any down. That's that's part of the problem. Let's yeah. not let's not let's not shorten the field. We don't need what do we need second and six for? Let's let's let, let, let's fling the ball downfield right now. What do we need second and six for? You know, hey, let's run. Hey, who cares they're bringing everyone up to the line? Hey, let's run that screen right now. Who cares we haven't had somebody to who could run a decent screen since what? Since McCoy? Andy Reed, since, since McCoy? Yeah. Since McCoy, oh, the screen yeah. game hasn't been good since Andy Reid was here. Mm-hmm. We used to be one of the best screen teams in the league. Screen, Andy used to run that screen like a run. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, we, we used to say that when we watched the game. When you're sitting there, like, when you're looking at pass run uh, ratio, mm-hmm. you're saying, "Well, look at these screens that they're running because he's throwing, you know, throwing it to the back out the backfield." You know, that's yeah. you know that, that, that in the shovel pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Won't no. do that, and that's why we're sitting there looking at this team. That's but I'm saying, but that goes, but that, but but that goes back to what we've been saying. Just when you look at this team in comparison to teams that are in the playoff picture, they all run the football. They all they don't put their quarterback in preoccupied, you know, in situations. Look at Tennessee. Granted, mm-hmm. they have Derrick Henry, but they oh, man, I, I love football. how Tennessee plays yeah. football. Oh yeah, yeah, Tennessee is the truth. Tennessee I love how true. Tennessee plays football. And their defense not and their defense is not even that good, but they play ball control a game mm. to where my defense is not on the field long to get exposed in the secondary. If you're like you play complimentary football, that's the term that all gets thrown around mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are. You play to your strengths and try to limit exposure of your weaknesses. Yep. And just, have, and just have your quarterback just make a couple of throws a game. Don't turn the ball over. Hit us some first downs. Hit the big play. You're all right. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, say what you want about Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. They are playing good football as a team. You have mm-hmm. complimentary football. Like, okay, our quarterback might only be a game manager. Let's not force him to throw 30, 40 times again. The Vikings did that last year with Kirk Cousins. Here's, here's, <laughs> but, but here's here's the thing about and, and I feel like maybe this might speak to the stubbornness that you guys talked about earlier. It's like you, what Baker, May, Baker Mayfield was what very first pick. He was the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they go out and win games. He's still looking like 
the number one pick winning you games? Who cares mm-hmm. if he's a who cares if he's a game manager at this point? Exactly. At this point, make at, at this point. The object if, is if to you win. Can, if you can I don't take, care about that. Anything. Just win the game. Mm-hmm. If you can take a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who was drafted number one and make him a a a game managing QB to mm-hmm. turn what has been the worst NFL franchise in the history of football, you know, over the last couple of years. You know, we've we've sat here. What have I told Jonesy? What have I told you about the Browns every season? Browns going brown. brown. Browns going brown. Mm-hmm. But now, this might be the your very, feelings about the Browns have been as consistent as my feelings about the Falcons. Yeah, at some point in time, Browns going brown. But this might be the best time. The best time. This might the Browns have have made me feel. Like, hey, maybe Browns won't brown. You know what? It's like now if they brown. You know, it is what they're, it is. The Browns. they're the Browns, but, but but you're seeing them turning the corner, right? Yes, mm-hmm. you're seeing them turn the corner, and it's like as they turn the corner, as they move forward and turn the corner, they're watching the Eagles go back the other way. Eagles are turning the corner. Eagles are turning the corner with them, but going in the wrong direction. And it's like if you can sit here, if you're if you can look at Stefanski and what he is doing in Cleveland and his ability and what he's doing with. Baker Mayfield, why can't you do that with Carson Wentz? Make Carson Wentz a a, 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 a game manager. What is he going to say? They didn't treat me like that in North Dakota? Not, you know, and, and, that, and that's the thing. You don't need your quarterback, and this is an issue that I have with Wentz. You don't need your quarterback to make the big play. You don't. I get it. You love your arm. You trust your arm. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to. Not every quarterback in the NFL needs to be Mahomes or Rodgers, or Russell Wilson, even though Seahawks are going to get Russell Wilson killed behind that offensive line. But Mm -hmm. not every quarterback needs to be that. You just need to have, like you said, the game manager. Just be Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) Ryan Tannehill got the Titans to the AFC Championship game by literally, we're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry 30 to 40 times, and Tannehill just hit me them a couple deep pass plays, Mm -hmm. and the defense will handle it. Like, it's just that. Simple and also sounds good. Brown, we'll get you some open guys off this play action after we keep handing it to Derrick Henry for 20 20 times again. Yes, (laughs) Carson Wentz out here want to be Brett Favre, and Brett Favre don't even like Carson Wentz. And the funny part you mentioned, and the funny part you mentioned, and the funny part you mentioned, Brett Favre is that when you know, when Jonesy put up that pulled up that stat, you look at the other quarterbacks that were on that list, Mm. all of them were like at the end of their careers, yeah. Favre and I think it was Peyton Manning in 2015. Mm-hmm. All uh-huh. at the end of their careers. That's yeah. not good company to be there's a part no, of. No, no, and it's just like, all right, look, there's nothing. Even if you, even if you want to, you, you kind of want to hit the reset button. Because I mean, let, let's look at it. Ben Roethlisberger was a game manager for a long time. Yep. And then as he, as a, as he got more confident. As he built, as he built more confidence, and as he got older, he was mm-hmm. able to start making plays. There's no re- at this point now. It's like there's no reason why Carson Wentz can't be that guy. It's not like his. Here's the thing. It's not even. It's not like you're not that far removed, and it's like it's not. It's not necessarily an indictment of your ability. If we say, hey, man, let's slow this down. Let's let your weapons win this game. You had, you, we, dra- we drafted Miles Sanders in the second round to be that guy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let's start to depend on them, and then we'll get back to it. Because the fact of the matter is here, here at at this point time, at this point in time, Carson Wentz played sixteen games last season. There's nothing to there's nothing to think that he can't play sixteen games this season. You know, jury yeah. if he doesn't if he doesn't play sixteen he doesn't play sixteen games this season, it's going because he got benched. JB, I got a question. What's up? All right, so we got about ten minutes left before we get out of here. Yeah. So let me throw this out here for you. We're looking at we're talking about Carson Wentz and the Eagles and everything that's going on. So what I want to ask is. Do do you guys think that how could I phrase this? Um all right. So do we think that the Eagles with Carson Wentz after everything that happened with Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, Lane Johnson building the shrine to him in the locker room, and Carson Wentz having to go through that mental hurdle and those challenges to try to reclaim the team, seeing the Eagles draft, spend a high pick on another quarterback from a national championship team and that type of pedigree. Do you think that is negatively affecting Carson Wentz mentally? Like the, all the extra pressure the team puts on him, having to prove yourself over and over again rather than being able to feel comfortable in your role. Do you think that plays anything into what we see from Carson Wentz on the field looking like he's trying to play hero ball on every play? I I, I will tell you this. I am coming very close to a 180 on that. Had you asked, to me, I felt like I thought in watching Carson Wentz since the Super Bowl, even when he had his struggles, there was a point in time when I was like, nah, that's not the case. You know, Carson don't care about that. That's not Carson. But I feel like now I've kind of been like, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I, I feel like once again, with this team, just like every other issue with this team, every other problem that we've had, you know, every problem that we see with this team is like there's multiple. There, there are more than one factor involved. It's like, is it? Car- it's Carson's confidence and how he's playing, but it's also, you know, he he did put some balls in players' hands. As many, you know, he overthrew some. He made some bad plays, but there were there were more than one incident. There were more than one time. There was more than one time when he tried to make a play or the play was there that it wasn't being made. So mm-hmm. it's like do I think it do I do I think that it's affecting his confidence yet? But once again, you know, it's like, hey, put that up, put that on the laundry list of problems. You got your pad and your pen, you know, add that to the list. I got a pencil because you know, my homeschool kids at this point, you know, my quarantine students over here, got, you know, there's pencils and pens all over the place. But, yeah, put that on the list. So, yeah, Javon, so I think you heard the question. I was, I was asking, 
do you think the Eagles are putting unnecessary pressure on Wentz to try to feel like he has to prove himself on every play? Um, I think it's more so Wentz putting Wentz putting unnecessary unnecessary pressure on himself. Um, he probably, and I think there was some report that came out that said that he wasn't thrilled about the Jalen Hurts selection, which is mm-hmm. which is which is you know understandable, Fair. you know. You're, you're you're the franchise guy, and you know them draft them drafting a quarterback. You're going to feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. But then I'm brought back to the fact that Aaron Rodgers also wasn't thrilled that they drafted Jordan Jordan Love because that's just these are they're, they're, they're the, you, you're the franchise guy. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man, you drafted my replacement, please. Yeah. But what do you, but what but how do you how do you you know how do you combat that? You combat that by playing well, good football, holding off the guy that's supposed to be. You know your replacement, like oh really? All right, they got Jalen Hurts, man. Jalen Hurts ain't going to see the field for the next three years. It was up to me because I'm going to come out, do what I need to do, do what I need to make plays, and it'd be the end all, end all be on. He's not doing it, and you know we said and we say this, you know, on the show and we see it on social media that there's a lot of varying factors because of that play calling, etc. But even you know he's just not, and we and you know said this earlier in the show, he's just not making the simple plays and hitting them, hitting throws that you know that are simple. And you know, just not making the correct reads. I mean, he's 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 on he's on he's on the way to eclipsing like <laughs> he's he's close to like pulling a Jameis Winston. And Jameis was probably throwing interceptions because he had bad eyesight, not because he was making bad reads. <laughs> but at least, but at least, but at least Jameis gave, gave his wide receivers a chance to make a play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Wentz doesn't do that, and point- I think that's another thing that separated Wentz from Foles. When Foles was here, is that. When Foles was on a roll and he wasn't when he wasn't cold when he was on a roll is that he gave his wide receivers to go make plays on the ball and put it there where it's like yo it's 50 50 ball you're gonna either come up with it or you're not like and once he's making a lot of underthrows that we saw in the game making bad reads like in the fourth quarter where he just darted that interception to whoever the safety was like he was the wide receiver in the end zone mm-hmm. just he 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 read it perfectly so I think you know. There's a lot of problems with this team. There's a lot that needs to get solved, and they need to fix it. And you know, if they, if he, again, like I said, if he plays bad again on Sunday, I don't know how people gonna be watching the game. But if he plays bad again Sunday, then you, you got to sit him down just for like you know, just like you know, Jonathan said, you know, just to give him that mental health, you know, day. Mm-hmm. just sit, like just experience the game now, sitting down and watching it. Because that might be the thing that breaks it for him. And like, oh, okay. I see what you mean now with the mm-hmm. coverage. I see what you mean. But that comes down also to the head coach and everybody involved sitting him down and mm-hmm. having that kind of like heart to heart, you know, type of like coming to Jesus moment, mm-hmm. which they haven't. Once upon a time, once upon a time, buddy sat Randall for a game. Once upon, once upon a time, uh, Andy sat five during a game. It's not an indictment of Doug as a coach. No. If he sits his starting quarter. And it doesn't have to be an indictment of Carson Wentz unless you really think that he's fool's gold. To me, to me, his in, his inability, Doug's inability to say, hey man, we gotta hit that, we gotta hit that stride, to me suggests that maybe he thinks Carson Wentz is fool's gold. Because it's like, unless Doug is paying more attention than we are, than he should to the whole, 
you know, is, 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 Car- is Carson elite? Who's better, Carson or Dak? It doesn't matter. You know, to me, that's stuff for us. That's stuff for Eagles Twitter. That's stuff for if you're in a Facebook football group or whatever. That's, you know, those are the types of things that you, you know, that you get into when you're when you're a fan. But as far as your starting quarterback, the quarterback that you invested a whole lot of money into, you got to do what it takes to get him on track. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting here, if you're sitting here and you've lost three straight games, and you're looking at the Packers, you're looking at the Cardinals, and you're looking at the Saints. It might be time to say, hey, bruh, you know, take a minute. Because at this point, you say you stick with Carson Wentz. He plays out the, he plays out the season. They win. Maybe they win two more games. Maybe. Cowboys aren't, you know, Cowboys are dumpster fire, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Redskins are playing, you know, Redskins are playing better football. Redskins and the Giants now look like they, they you know. Yeah, they're trending in the right they're, direction. They're, they're, trending, start, both of them, but they're getting better. Yeah, they're trending Most upwards. They're improving as the year goes. So at this point, you know, it, and it's, and given the way that they played, it's not a given that you can beat the Cowboys, especially given the way both teams have played. Mm-hmm. It's not a given that you're going to beat the Cowboys. So this could be, you know, I, it's safe to say, all right, you're looking at least three more losses because you're looking at the Packers, you're looking at the Saints, and you're looking at the Cardinals. Absolutely no reason to believe that they can beat either of those teams. Not the Saints? Not, not, no, no, not the Packers, not the Cardinals. Oh. I'm about to say, I'm about to say, Taysom right. Hill doesn't scare me. No, 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 JV, do you have any legitimate reason other than just you're a fan of the team and you hope <laughs> to think that they'll actually win another game the rest of the year? No. Look at the schedule. What game do you like? That's a win. No. Name none. one. None. None. <laughs> none. None. You know, we, I, as much as I, as, as I choose to go the, the way of the fan, you know, but the, Mike chooses to be objective and I respect that about him. I choose to go the other way because it's fun. Cause I like getting on Jonesy's nerves, but nonetheless, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's not like you're sitting here. Like, like it's a hard, like it's a hard reality to grasp that this team might just lose out. That's you know that's that's a reality that 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 could very well happen. At this point, at this point, it would just be how would they lose out? Could yeah. <laughs> have happened like ten million different ways. For how them. bad will it be? Will Carson still be the starter? Will Doug still have a job? Will we will we be looking at the coaching debut of Deuce Staley this season? The the sorry the interim coaching debut of Deuce Staley. Unless I mean, they, unless they, I, unless I, they, I mean, I mean, if they get curb stomped by the Packers, then you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't see it happening. I think no. Duke might be able to take over play calling this season. Right, that's about it. But, but I don't see Doug getting fired this year or before they, before the end of the year. And I think Howie would go first, and they yeah. give a new GM a chance to bring in his own head coach. He wouldn't get Chip Kelly. 
like how Chip got mm-hmm. got ousted like day after Christmas or something like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, 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 true because I I feel also because you know Doug seems to be a a, a nicer person than Chip. Chip was losing and pissing everybody off. Doug is just losing. Yes, you know, and and that might be and that might be it. You know, if Doug starts losing and just starts making people mad while he loses, you know, the team was mad. Team didn't like him. You know, they're remember, right. uh, remember 53 angry men. And then you and then later on, you find out they're all angry with the coach. You know, it's it's not you know, that's not the dynamic that we have. But, you know, I, I think I think it's still a legitimate question when you're looking at a team that's trending downward and you see nothing to stop that trend. This is not this is not a hurt team looking to get healthier. There you know all you know all it is once they get healthier is a healthier team trending downwards. Yep. You know so so I think when you have that situation you have to ask will there be a coaching change? Probably won't be, but it's on the table. You know, you look at it you look at a team that's looking at what three you know three uh, three twelve and one. You know, when when you're looking at three twelve and one, a possible you have to, you got to question whether the coach gets fired. Yeah. You know, you talked about not having a chance to beat the Saints. You know, not necessarily being afraid of the Saints and Taysom Hill. What happens? What happens if Taysom Hill comes and lights this team up? Oh, then somebody's got to go. <laughs> Without yeah, question, at yeah. that point, somebody's got to got to roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What happens? Taysom, you know, you here, you made Daniel Jones look like you know, look like Steve Young in two games. Daniel, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Da, you know, Daniel Jones was out there looking like Mike Vick. If he didn't trip, he would have oh, yeah. burnt you for he two. The he scored. He would have burnt you for two. He would have burnt you for two. He st- Daniel Jones stopped Daniel Jones from burning this team for two touchdowns. Who else has he done that to this year? Nobody. 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 So it's like, yeah, you know, I look at the schedule. You know, you, you would think that you would think that a team like this would not would not uh would not make a coaching change, but they could. You know, it, it. They could, you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, look, man, we t- we, we we usually sit, we usually take this show and we talk about like all the NFL, all sports, all everything. But we had to take this. We had to take this time this week. We had to talk about the hometown team. Eagles had to catch the smoke this week, man. It is what it is. We had to give it to we had to give it to him, Javon. You know you are always welcome on this show, man. It's just like old day, you know, back in the day with the uh, with the best in the world sports report, man. You yes, know, sir. Facebook memories was popping up this week. <laughs> Four years ago, me and Javon were talking to Barry Brooks and, yes. and, and, and Derek Gunn. Gun. You know, we we were, we, we, we were making it happen, man. Back in happy, you know, happier times, man. It's always, always good. You know, you always have an open invitation to come back and, and talk on on this show. Hold on, let me get, we get Jonesy back up in this piece. Jonesy, sorry you, about that. Yeah, Technical it's a, difficulties. It's all look, man. Pay your bills, man. 
<laughs> nah, I'm just telling Javon, man, it's always a pleasure to have him on. We, we, we wrapping things up because it's that time. Mm-hmm. But look, oh, man, Javon, we got to get you on more often. Look, man, it's Javon. Look, look he's out here doing things with Total Smith Live. He's out there in DK Nation. He ain't got time for us, man. He told me. I, 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 I text him like every week. Hey, man, why don't you jump on this? Why don't you jump on with us, man? He's like, look, man, I ain't got time for that. I got all my I got all my podcasts and all my jobs. And, 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 and you, know, you know, he ain't got no time for us. You know what I mean? But, but, nah, but Javon's good people. You know, he, he, he can always come through. You know, Javon Office can always pull up. Remember, DKNation.com, right? Yeah, DKNation.DraftKings.com. Yeah. Uh, DKNation.DraftKings.com. And then once again, TotalSportsLive.com will always be the thing. Check out his, yes. check out his latest article talking about, hey, man, look, bruh, we ain't going to put, put Jalen Hurst in now. When we going to put him in? That's a good article, man. I, I enjoyed that and before we started the show. That was a, that was good pre-show Appreciate reading it. right there, man. Appreciate it. All right, look, remember, you can hit us up anytime. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Jonesy and Brown. Also, at P-I-T-W Sports. Download this podcast wherever you get podcasts. We everywhere. If there's a service that does podcasts, search best in the world sports. And if you can't find us, we just ain't there. All right, you'll, you'll, you'll find us. You know, download the podcast, check us out, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace, y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.